Hello and welcome to another edition of Ask the Experts here on City News 570. I'm joined today by Faisal Suziwala. Faisal is Canada's top real estate broker. He is also ranked within the top five in the world for REMAX. Faisal started his career at the young age of 18. He's been delivering outstanding results for over 30 years, most notably with REMAX Twin City Realty. The man knows what he's talking about, and he is giving us some of his time today. Hello and welcome again, Faisal. Thank you very much, Brock. Great to be on with you again today. Happy to have you. Listeners, if you're interested in any of the information we discuss uh, over the next hour or so, please reach out to Faisal. You can start your journey at homeshack.com. You can call him directly, 519-624-5555, or by email at faisal at homeshack.com. Later in the show, Faisal, uh, Faisal, I'd like to to circle back and talk with you about uh, your book, The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker. Uh, The book is currently available on Amazon and Audible and Kindle. But in the meantime, can we jump right in? You're ready to do that? Absolutely. All right. Listen, Halloween is fast approaching. We know that. I think it's the perfect time of year to discuss maybe some horror stories and spooky tales in real estate. How does that sound? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... Yeah, there's been a lot of horror stories that I've been uh, exposed to over my career. And, uh, you know, the first one is disclosures. You know, that's a big thing in real estate. If a seller knows something, it's so important to talk about it. And at least your realtor should be made aware so that you can get that off your chest and make sure that the buyer understands. Now, typically, now that conditions are back in offers, there is a clause that we often see. It's called the stigmatization clause, which basically um, alerts individuals and buyers about anything pertaining to a death, a murder, or a suicide that may have occurred in a home. So I can think back about 15 or 20 years ago, probably 15 years ago, where, um, you know, a home was sold. It certain, fortunately, it was not my my transaction, but uh, it was quite the uh, quite the interesting scenario. A uh, home was sold, and the friendly neighbor shows up when the buyer moves in and says, "Welcome to the neighborhood. Here's your pie." And oh, by the way, you see that crack in the ceiling? Well, that's where the last guy hung himself. Oh my! So, so these are scenarios that can play out. Now, of course, as a buyer you're going to be very uneasy. And, you know, maybe some people are fine with it as long as they know about it. Um, But just not knowing and being told something of that nature can certainly be, you know, a spooky thing and and very uh, an uneasy feeling, Um, especially a lot of cultures, a lot of people have superstitions and there's certain things that they want to be aware of. So it doesn't just limit to, you know, murders and suicides. Sometimes even if it's a natural death, if it's asked for on the agreement of purchase and sale, it is important that you are honest and you disclose anything that you may be aware of. Again, get some legal advice on this. Um, you know, lawyers may give you different advice on it, but my uh, perception on this is that, and my position on this is that if you are asked a question, if you feel that there may be something about your home that could be a stigmatizing factor, best to just disclose 
And, you know, once the house transaction is sold, you're not going to be concerned about it after that fact. So that's um, something to be concerned with. Um, another one is buried oil tanks. Um, right. This seems to be a, a common occurrence in rural properties, especially and older properties where in the, the old days you would have a buried oil tank uh, servicing the furnace. And um, those tanks may have leaked over time. If the tank actually leaked, uh, now you've got an, a massive environmental issue that you're going to have to deal with. And we're seeing more and more of that coming up now. And with the environmental legislation that's out there, you don't want to be stuck doing a cleanup job on a buried oil tank. Um, so, you know, going going down the list here of, uh, of scary things, um, Insulation in homes, you know, asbestos is a big one. Uh, it could be in paint, it could be in siding, it could be covering pipes. So these items are absolutely uh, important to be aware of, especially as a buyer, but also to disclose of um, when you're a seller. So, the, you know, again, you've got to be careful that you're not buying something without having a home inspection and understanding what the position on that would be. And and really, you're you're counting on someone to be honest with you in that transaction, and you would expect honesty in both in both sides of that. Um, and and it's it's extremely important for people to, um, as you say, to to disclose these things because you don't want it coming back down the road, do you? No, absolutely not. You know, and and it's just not always like something that stands out and it's a spooky thing that, you know, there was a death here, there's a buried oil tank or there's asbestos installation in the walls. Um, sometimes it's things that you're just not aware of and you get spooked by these things when you actually move into the property. Um, for example, um, conditional sales contracts uh, where a water softener, a furnace, an air conditioner, a hot water heater was on a lease agreement where there's a buyout required. So you may have bought something thinking it was just a rental and you can, you know, just switch out of that and buy your own furnace or buy your own air conditioning. But when you go to buy that out or sorry, and that contract, you're given a bill for 10, 15, $20,000. And there were a lot of scams that were happening where, you know, filtration systems, water filtration systems, air filtration systems. And unfortunately, the seniors were victimized uh, and targeted and were being sold all of these items at extremely expensive values. Like we're talking thirty-five to $50,000 for a furnace, air conditioner, water filtration system, uh, softeners and whatnot. And they thought they were just renting it and how they packaged it was that oh you'll never have to you know pay for any repairs or renovations right. if anything goes wrong we'll take care of it for you well unfortunately the problem is that the price tag on that to pay it out is extremely high and often it can be caught before closing but that's still a big sticker item that a seller is going to have to take care of so again do your due diligence on those items as well <clears throat> excuse me infestations is a big thing so you know you can have insects you can have mice rodents, whatever there may be uh maybe a squirrel has gotten into an attic and um 
these are extremely expensive, um, you know, rodents are very very expensive to get out of a property because they they'll get in there they'll do a lot of damage they'll eat through wiring and of course you go to turn on the light switch and it's not working and you're thinking well let me call the electrician it's probably a fuse or something but it's a greater problem than that you've got a complete uh re-electrical job happening up there in your attic because of a of a rodent but insects are a big thing there's lots of bugs that and you know we see often right now coming off of trees and whatnot and they're nesting inside of warm temperatures so again get those items checked out have have the inspections done because it's not going to be visible on your you know 15 minute walkthrough on a property and i would think too when you're looking at buying a home and or making a big investment sometimes you might enter with those sort of rose colored glasses like everything looks great but you really do have to you know it's that buyer beware piece you do have to do your due due diligence as you were saying and and it you, there might be some yeah. reasons where you you're like you know what we need we need to slow things down a little bit here absolutely yeah there there has to be a, a more of a thoughtful process uh because we're in times right now where you know you can take the time you do have some selection you do have some more inventory to choose from and you don't have to just buy for the sake of buying so really do your do your homework, make sure you get the right people involved, get the right contracts and get the right advice. And, you know, turn to the experts to get that information before you make those moves. And lastly, one of the big things, especially this time of year, uh, you know, we we often forget uh, the frost is coming and I think we're going to see some frost soon here. Um, turn off the outdoor water source right. to your outdoor taps. Um, those have a tendency of freezing in, you know, sub temperatures. And then a leak will occur in the pipe. Sometimes it's on the exterior. Sometimes, most likely, it's going to happen on the interior because that's where the warmer temperature is. A lot of sellers will just decommission uh, that or just turn that tap off for the next season because, oh, we're selling the house. You know, we're not going to worry about the repair. Right. Right. But you come in, you turn all the taps on because you want to garden, uh, you want to add your garden hose out there and start washing your car and doing what, whatever you're going to do outside. You turn your interior water line on to the exterior pipe and you've got a massive crack in one of the pipes on the inside that's flooding out your basement. Right. So again, you know, check those pipes, make sure you turn them off before, before the winter frost so that you're not, and I typically suggest September is the time to do that. So if you haven't done it already, go out there and do it right away. Some pretty spooky things to keep in mind, especially uh, this time of year, but all extremely important for uh, for us to, to to have in the back of our minds. And as you're saying, having sort of that checklist and whether it be at the time of the sale or throughout the year, if you're that homeowner, just make sure that you're staying on top of all of the things that need to happen uh, when they need to happen as well, too. Um, we, we should take a break right now, Faisal. When we come back, uh, can we spend some time looking at let's say the best times to invest and and where we should be investing as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to give you a quick market update on where things stand right now as well. Perfect. So stay with us here on city news 570. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book, the real deal billion dollar real estate broker, Faisal Suziwala. Listeners, if you would like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or email faisal at homeshack.com. 
Faisal, let's take a quick look. What's happening in the market right now? What's going on out there right now? We've seen, you know, a steady decline in home sales and a steady decline in home prices since March, April. We've seen that. And it's a result, of course, of the interest rate hikes. As the rates continue to increase and coming into, you know, beginning of October, we're, we're at a five-year rate of about 5.3, 5 5.4, which is, um, you know, significantly higher than what it was back in February when it was about 3%, 3.5, uh, 3.25%. So we've seen that happen. So that naturally has stopped people from entering the market. And folks are saying, well, you know what, we're going to wait on the sidelines. We're going to see what happens with these interest rates. We're going to pause um, and we're going to watch this market decline and then enter at that point. But the unintended consequences of doing that is that they're renting properties and the rental market has gone insane. So we're seeing homes that would typically have been renting for twenty three to twenty four hundred now starting to rent out at three thousand dollars. People are paying uh, their entire year up front, which was essentially the down payment they were probably saving to put down on a home. Now they're writing a check for $36,000 and actually renting a property. Um, and, you know, I have my opinion on that as to whether or not that's a good idea. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But I do expect that we all know the rates are going up again at the end of this month. Right. We also know that the bank is going to increase the rates again by the end of this year. We've had a 30% drop from the highs of this calendar year. Now, let me put that into perspective for our region. Our region went up 62% from March of 2020 to March of 2022. Most regions didn't have a 62% increase. They had possibly 45 to 52% increase. Right. So the fact that we've gone down 30%, I believe that most of the bad news is out there now. Most of the declines are out there right now. And even though we had an increase in the interest rates last month, that hasn't really translated into a drastic drop in price. So typically, every time the rates were going up by 1%, we were seeing a 10% decline in home values. Just earlier this afternoon, I sold a property, and I'm still selling properties exactly as I was pre-COVID, during COVID, and now, where I would typically price a home anywhere from fifty dollars to $100,000 below right. where I'm expecting to sell it. And I'm creating a situation where people can bid to buy as opposed to offer to buy because I want to sell homes to individuals who are accustomed to buying that way. And those are our neighbors from the GTA. Right. And that's where most of my marketing is. Those folks are coming into town still accustomed to bidding to buy. So let's offer homes to them in that way. We had 15 offers on this property today, and it sold for $147,000 over asking. So it's not that the market has gone standstill. And when I look at it and reflect on the number of offers we had today, that means there were 15 buyers in the marketplace today to buy a home that was priced between $800,000 and $950,000. Right. So the market hasn't stopped. So a lot of this downturn is really um, a psychological downturn where people have said, I'm not going to do anything because the market's going to go down. But are they doing themselves any favors? And I would argue that they're not. In fact, um, uh, Brock, I have an example that I want to share, and I'll and I'll try to make For this sure. concise. Where September of twenty September of twenty twenty two, the average home was eight hundred thousand dollars. Right. 
Okay. In February of 2022, so going back, what, six months or so, the average home was $1 million in this region. So the price has dropped $200,000, let's say, for the average. That meant that on an $800,000 home, if you had $200,000 saved up and you were going to put that down, that $800,000 home, you would have a $600,000 mortgage today. If you had bought the house back in February and you had the same 20% down, the $200,000, your mortgage today would be $800,000. Mm -hmm. The rate back in February was 3.14%. Okay. And the rate today is 5.34%. So 1.75, say, call, even call it 2% higher. Okay. The, the mortgage rate translates into a payment of $3,325 if you buy a home today that's $800,000. Now, that, remember, that same house was a million dollars back in February, but the rate was lower. But your payment would have been higher as a result of putting $200,000 down. Now you have an $800,000 mortgage. The $800,000 mortgage payment is $3,425. So you're actually looking at a lesser payment today for the same house. Yes, you're paying a higher rate, but your payment's about $150 a month less on the same house as it would have been had you bought back in February. Okay. So yes, the rate has gone up and people are saying, well, I'm going to wait for the market to crash. But as the rates go up, your payment is also going to adjust accordingly. But here's the interesting fact. If you had bought that home back in February for a million dollars with a $200,000 down payment with the 3.14% interest rate, at the end of five years, you would owe $715,000. Today, with the $800,000 for the same home with a $200,000 down payment, you would only owe $553,000. So lesser payment, less owing at the end of five years. So for all of those buyers who are sitting on the sidelines today waiting for the market to crash, the market is only going to decline as a result of the interest rates going up. So if you can buy a home and save $200,000 worth of mortgage payments over your lifetime of ownership, it does not make sense to rent and sit on the sidelines while this is going on. And that, so when we're talking about first-time home buyers, there is that there's good news there for them. But you're saying to them, look, you know, you you can keep basically throwing money out the window if you're going to be renting and not having any sort of return or Take a look at it. Sure, you know, no one knows exactly what's going to happen, but this is the time to get get moving on things. Absolutely. This is the time. Don't sit on the sidelines. And remember, this is the opportunity you've been waiting for. You can put conditions in there. You have selection out there, and you're not up against lots and lots of people because a lot of agents have now pivoted to marketing their homes at the price, which I believe is a huge mistake, by the way, marketing the homes at market value. But we're not just selling to folks that are living in town. We're selling to folks that are coming out of town who are accustomed to bidding to buy. So sell the way people are accustomed to buying, not the way you think you should be selling. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. And you've mentioned this before. You, you look at the people in the GTA where that's what you do. You're going to a situation to buy a home. You know that you're going to be up against 10, 15, 20 other possible uh, competitors, really. Uh, and you need to be ready to to act on that. So why not take that same approach? And as you've said before, most of your advertising is hitting those people in the GTA and 
it works. And if you happen to be living or renting here in KW, you're going to benefit from that as well, too. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, I guess the other thing, too, you know, with with the first time home buyers, this is, as, as you've said, this is this is the, the time to get rolling. Um, the one thing that that you'd mentioned before, um, let's say you're not a first time home buyer. Let's say you're taking a look at, at doing some investing and uh, you're you're looking at at, at, at real estate from an investment uh, point of view. Is now a good time to make that make that jump as well? You know, it is absolutely a great time to start doing your research now. And within the next two to six months is the time to deploy some funds into the real estate market and start accumulating your real estate assets. Look, the stock market isn't performing very well, and there may be short-term gains and there may be long-term losses. But what we do know for a fact that no one's creating any more land here, and we know the cost of construction is increasing. We know that housing is only going to get more and more expensive. It's impossible to sustain low pricing when the cost of materials and the cost of land is increasing at the paces that it, that it is. And we've got to remember there's a lot of immigration still happening and we have a massive shortage of housing so you know the housing starts are going to be down 30 percent which which is huge um we, we we have a mandate to have three million homes built in canada by 2030 i don't think we're going to meet those targets we're because there's not enough labor right. there's not enough land there's not enough development and the costs are too high so as an investor if you look at the flip side, and, and, and the argument is that's why I'm telling these buyers to stop renting, is if they don't get into the market now, it's only going to get more and more difficult as the rental market's going to go higher. But as an investor, this is one of those opportunities that we haven't seen for a long time. Look, for the last two years, we were competing with mom and pa who were trying to get their kid into school for September. So there was no way you're going to, because you're not an emotional buyer when you're, when you're an investor, you're looking at the actual return. And at this point, the opportunity is there because there's inventory. You're not competing as much to buy. Yes, the rates have gone up, but you're putting 20% down. The scenario that I just mentioned you're actually further ahead. You're paying that property off sooner, which if your investment portfolio target is to retire on your on your investments, then you know you're going to be able to do that a lot sooner. So yes, this is the time with the higher rents, the lower prices, absolutely best time to start looking at triggering and getting into the real estate market as an investor. You're going to get high returns due to the rents. Perfect. We do need to take a break, Faisal. When uh, we're going to get an update from the City uh, News Five Seventy News Center, first of all, when we come back, what's going on with new construction? You've mentioned it briefly just now. Uh, where do we turn to uh, when when we're trying to come up with that down payment as well? Something else that we want to talk about. So uh, stay with us here on City News Five Seventy. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book The Real Deal: Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker Faisal Suziwala. If you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly at 519-624-5555 or email Faisal at homeshack.com. Faisal, just before the break, you had mentioned that idea of new home construction. When we uh, take a look around the region here, what's what's going on uh, locally in KW? We're finding a lot of builders are just 
shelving their projects right now. And they're shelving the projects for a few reasons. Number one, demand has declined significantly. Number two, material costs continues to be a high and it doesn't warrant constructing um, on the lands that they own and not getting the return that they're expecting. Number three, there's a massive labor shortage um, and you just can't get enough people and trades to come out there and work, which again, if you do get a trade, you're paying, you know, extremely high values for their time. And they're quoting jobs at extremely high prices because they just don't need the work. They've got more work than, than they can handle. So if you're going to hire somebody, you're going to pay for it right now. So, uh, you know, builders, and this is just going to contribute to, to the housing crisis that we've already had. We're already 1.5 million homes short. We don't have enough homes for the residents that exist in this country, let alone the half a million new immigrants that are coming into the country each year. So we're we're headed to um, a, a situation of major crisis. And as I mentioned earlier, um, the housing starts predictions of having, you know, 3 million homes by the end of 2030, we're not going to meet those targets. There's just no way that's going to happen, not with everything that's going on right now. And again, in, 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 the, in the infinite wisdom of Bank of Canada and the government, they continue to rise rates, which makes people stop. And they're not going to proceed with their purchases while they're being scared off from these interest rates. And I know just in the news the last day or so, there's this sort of scramble on uh, on the part of a number of levels of government to say, we need to start tapping into students as young as grade 7 to grade 12 and saying, let's get them to these uh, trade shows to sh show them uh, looking at careers when it comes to trades. But that's still a few years down the road. It's great that that we're there. we got to train those those people. And in the meantime, we're still, we're still kind of, you know, we're just just keeping our nose above water. So that's important for us to keep that in mind as well, too. When absolutely the trades are very, very. And, and as you're saying, you know, there, those are those we need to have those. And you had mentioned uh, before uh, in, in the past about how much does it cost to actually build one square foot of a home? And those costs are, are just they just keep rising. And we've got to be careful uh, when we look at those things. If 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 we're, you've got listeners out there right now that are ready to jump into the real estate market, what are some of the ways that those people uh, can come up with a down payment, Faisal? Because I think that might be one of the big hurdles for a lot of younger people. So for beginning beginning investors, so if, if you're a young person that's living at home right now um, and you, you want to get into the real estate market, um, you don't have to move out of mom and dad's home. Stay in the basement, do what you got to do. But if you've got some down payment, deploy that money, buy a rental property, that could be your home at some point, or that could be your participation in the real estate market so that you're growing with the uh, appreciation valuation of the, of the residents so that when you're ready to buy or move out, you're not starting at zero at higher prices at higher interest rates. So get get your money into a real estate vehicle now. Number two, if you're um, already a homeowner, the equity that exists in your home is the equity that you can deploy into a real estate transaction investment property. So you've got to remember that you've got to put 20% down when you're buying an investment property. So provided you've got enough equity in your own home, now the money that you're borrowing 
you can write that off against your income because that's a, an investment that you're making. So there's there's a tax benefit to you to borrow the funds from your home and deploy that into a property as your down payment. The mortgage that you take is also a taxable um, write-off for you against the income that you're going to receive when you rent that property out. But what when you're buying, you're not buying just for cash flow. And I talk about this in my book extensively, that if you get hung up on tax uh, on, on cash flow, you're going to end up buying properties that are headache properties that you're going to be managing a lot and you're going to get sick of it and throw in the towel and never want to own real estate again. Right. So you want to buy quality properties that are going to appreciate. So the difference is not buying just for cash flow. Mind you, with the rental rates the way they are right now, there is actually positive cash flow that's occurring in the marketplace. So you may actually have a good window of opportunity right now to not only have a small positive cash flow situation, but have the appreciation, which I believe firmly that in two and a half to three years, this market must turn around. It will turn around. And the reason it will turn around, because there's not enough housing. When there's not enough housing, people have food and shelter, basic necessities. Right. It's going to happen. Get your money into investment properties now. Use the equity in your home. Talk to your bankers. Talk to your accountant and start investing. You may want to do it personally. You may want to do it in a corporation. But again, talk to the experts in those fields and start investing in real estate now. This is the time. We've been out of the market for the last two and a half to three years because the prices were outrageous and the rents were low. Now the rents are high and the prices are low. Perfect storm. And you've talked about this in the past as well, where you know it might be someone who's a little bit shy about moving forward because they maybe they don't feel like they know enough and those kinds of things, or they're worried, as you had said before, about you know managing the property itself. There are ways that you can tap into the the uh, the knowledge and the the wisdom of other people when it comes to trying to to manage those properties and and getting a a, a, a property management company to work with you as well too. There's there are lots of different ways you can. You know, you can you can kind of take a step back, but still be, you know, kind of t- testing the waters, I suppose. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things, you know, we we provide it's one stop. We provide all of the trusted contractors, managers, trades, everything that you would need in order to have a seamless ownership experience so that. Look, as a realtor, I want you to keep coming back. I want you to keep investing your money, keep working with me. So we're going to provide you with all the tools and the resources to make this as smooth as possible. And that's part of the problem. A lot of people try to get in on this on their own. They try to manage these properties. Find You may think you're saving some money by you know trying to find that tenant. But you know if you're not doing the credit checks, the employment checks, the reference checks, you're, if you're not getting automatic payments done to your account and you're not doing your due diligence ahead of time you're you're signing up for a lot of pain moving down the road you've mentioned as well this idea of a partnership as an option when it comes to investing in real estate can you maybe talk a little bit more about what what that would look like for someone who wasn't too sure about the the, the whole the whole idea of around partnerships yeah and i talk about this in my book as well about multi-level partnering you know it goes back to when i was very young i was 18 years old when i got into this business i didn't have two nickels to rub together uh, but i had a couple of friends who didn't have two nickels to rub together either so the three of us got together found some money got the vendor to take to a vendor take back and we started on this journey of buying a property and and you know here we are 34 years later we still own that property that we bought back in 1988 and 
the equity just continues to rise. But moral of the story is if you can't do it alone, do it with someone, do it with, you know, someone that you can get along well with someone first stop might be your parents or your, your family, you know, your relatives. Second stop, maybe your friends. Uh, third stop, maybe a business partner and you can form a corporation. Um, but there's always opportunities to do that. A lot of people are scared of partnerships. The key with partnerships is making sure that when you're getting along and everybody's getting along in the beginning until things don't go the way they're supposed to go, make sure you have everything in writing up front, have a partnership agreement up front. It, it, as much as we can all have a handshake agreement, it's extremely important to paper and ink whatever it is that you're doing so that there's no misunderstanding if something in your life changes or in, the, in your partner's life changes. Have a lawyer involved, have an accountant involved and, and get that all out there. But partnering, you know, you can do a lot more. And I partner with many, many different people on, on many different projects um, all the time because you can do a lot more in partnerships than you can do individually. And it's it's not a it's not a short term game, is it? It's it, this is a long game. This is this is something that you can be putting your time and effort into, and not forget about it necessarily, but have it working over on the side while you're focusing on other things. Is you you've got to look at real estate from that that long sort of that long game rather than the short game. Am, am I getting that right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, when it comes to partnering, you know, you want like minded people who are thinking of it from that same scope as you are. And it's not that, hey, I want to in and out and I want to get, you know, don't get don't get caught up on that on that easy money, quick flip, you know, play the long game. I've always said that I've been paid. I've been paid to wait. The longer I've waited with real estate, the returns have been just fantastic but the minute you sell something you'll always look back five years and say oh man why did i sell that property or you also always look back five years and say why didn't i buy back then right you know you're going to get the peaks and valleys but over the long term the trajectory is always up that's great advice i like that a paid to wait i'm gonna i'm gonna have to start using that one too uh <laughs> we are i'm gonna take a final break here on ask the experts when we come back faisal and i are going to spend some time discussing his book the real deal billion dollar real estate broker so stay with us here on city news 570. welcome back to the show my guest today faisal Susie walla also known as canada's top real estate broker Listeners, if you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or email Faisal at homeshack.com. Before the break, Faisal, we were talking all about investing and, and the long game and all of those kinds of things. If we look at the region, who is doing the investing here in the region in your mind? We have, you know, your... your regular mom pa investors you've got your small time you know corporate holding investors but you've got institutional investors that are coming into the region and these are not small investors these are these are listed on the on the stock exchange investors and it's been a big thing in the US for many many years where you know these institutional investors that are listed in the stock market uh, on on the exchange will go into into states and buy up you know, subdivisions of properties 
for the sake of renting. Now we're seeing that happening in our marketplace now, and it's been happening over the last little while, but they're getting very aggressive now because many of them were sitting in a cash position while this market was going out of control because they couldn't compete against the you know mom pawn the first time home buyer so they were waiting until the market started declining and now we're seeing them come into our market with a vengeance and they're the they're not in here buying apartment buildings and commercial plazas they're buying the house next door but they're buying every house next door and that's something that i would argue that in the next three to six months is going to just ramp right up so again I come back to the reasoning behind getting your money deployed now is because you're going to be up against a different type of competitor when this market starts turning around. And these institutional investors are going to be aggressively looking. You already get those notes in the mail saying, I'll buy your home for cash. Those are typically wholesalers um, looking for a good deal, often taking advantage of unsuspecting people. So be aware of any notes that you're getting like that stay away from those get a professional to come in give you some advice and and don't fall for the you know we, you don't have to show your house you don't have to have an open house and you don't have to do any repairs you're also getting one hundred fifty thousand dollars less than what you would normally get and if you you know need repairs done to your home there are resources i myself loan $25,000 to anybody who needs repairs done to their home at no interest no charges until their home is sold so you know, there are always options available to you. Don't succumb to the pressures of um, someone knocking on your door and saying, I'll just buy your home for cash. So there is a lot of investment opportunity that's coming, but these are the institutional investors that are out there right now, really aggressively looking for the bargains. With the institutional investors, do they target specific uh, areas, geographical areas? And is it just sort of our turn or do they look at us and say, this is, this is, we're kind of ripe for the picking right now. Yeah, it's the golden horseshoe. So basically okay. our whole region, we're part of that. And they're, you know, they've done their research. They've got billions and billions of dollars and they've done their market research. They know that there's a half a million new immigrants coming into Canada every year. About 400,000 of the immigrants end up in Ontario. And in, when they end up in Ontario, they want to be in the golden horseshoe which we are a part of. So our region is extremely, extremely uh, high on their radar right now. Important to uh, to pay attention. And you get those things in your mail. It looks like it's a handwritten note and, you know, someone just wants to do you a big favor, right? But uh, as we say, if it sounds too good to be true, chances are it's too good to be true. Um, recently, Faisal, you made the decision to put pen to paper and you wrote a book, The Real Deal, billion-dollar real estate broker. It's available on a variety of platforms, Amazon, Audible, Kindle. I have mine. I read through it uh, on Kindle. Um, what inspired you to write the book? What This is something that uh, that a lot of people think about doing, but you finally made the decision to go ahead and do it. Well, it was sort of a project that I started uh, five years prior to COVID, and I was making notes, and it was more, it started off as just sort of documenting my journey and from from being a young person getting into the business the, the the experiences that i had the 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 rejections that i faced and the hardships that i faced to get um through that and it was more to leave something to my kids believe it or not 
uh, so that you know you don't I don't you don't have a tendency to sit down with your kids and say hey all you know these are the things and if you do tell them they don't listen anyways. <laughs> I figure I put it in a book and then one day if they're really bored they'll they'll, they'll listen to dad's journey. That's right. But it was to inspire as well because you know we're seeing a lot of. Uh, situations and I come from a uh, a culture where you know you got to be a doctor engineer or lawyer and I didn't fit that mold I didn't fit that box and I didn't want to be one of those I wanted to do my own thing and I faced a lot of you know hardships in doing what I was doing so I I, I talk about my journey and you know like I say you, you sometimes you learn from your own experience other times you learn from the experiences of others and I wanted to share my experiences because if somebody is battling and I would speak at schools and whatnot and just help people especially a lot of uh, immigrant families that were coming in where they're expected the kids are expected to do a certain thing that no there are other opportunities out there other than being a doctor lawyer or an engineer um second part of it was to really just i was i would be asked often as to what have i been doing in order to create wealth, in order to create my portfolio, how do I invest? Where do I invest? What are the criteria that I look for? What are the resources that I look for? So I thought, instead of sitting down and trying to explain this to each individual, and I was doing it already, and I just thought, well, I've got all of these clients that are asking, a lot of friends that are asking, why not put it all into a book so they have a reference point? And so a, a large part of the book is about investment strategies and how to build your investment portfolio, how to prepare for retirement, um, what works, what doesn't work, and what kind of mindset you need to have in order to reach a level of success in investment. And then lastly, just with colleagues um, who are in real estate, um, I'd often be asked to um, you know, speak at different seminars and whatnot, um, just sharing business strategies, experiences on, on how to grow your business, because it's a very evolving industry that we're in. I got of the business when fax machines were technology uh, and now you know we've evolved into something that's just absolutely unbelievable and i look at it from 1988 where internet didn't exist um google didn't exist to today where we can do electronic signatures and what i can do in one hour used to take me a full day to do um how to continuously evolve and learn and apply and execute different strategies in order to stay current and not become a dinosaur in the industry that we're in. Um, so I, I talk a lot about that and just mentoring. I was mentored by a, a wonderful man, Reed Maneri, and I cannot sit down with individuals and mentor them, but there's a way of providing some experiences in my journey to help them uh, get inspired and, and, and grow their business as well. Now, you mentioned in the book, too, that it's not a get-rich-quick book, right? The idea is it's filled with lessons that if people are going to follow them correctly, they can get on solid financial footing. Is this book, is it suitable for people that are just starting out on their on their journey? Or is it also suitable for people like me that have been around for a while and are looking for uh, for just more information? Yeah, you know, I, I really feel that if, if you're starting on your journey, it's extremely valuable because I talk about my journey starting out and what I faced and the mistakes I made right down to going bankrupt as a 19 year old because I didn't have the knowledge on how to avoid that. Um, so it's important to know what not to do before you do what you're going to do. 
And those are the experiences that are so invaluable. Um, I wish someone was holding my hand telling me, oh, no, 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 you don't want to be doing this right now. Because it would have saved me a lot of costs and a lot of time and a lot of hardships. Uh, but again, those are experiences that I love sharing with people so that they can avoid making the same mistakes that I made. And and they they often say, you know, failure leads to success. That idea of, uh, okay, we did it this way. It didn't work out so well. Um, but we learn from it. And I always talk about that, uh, you know, as you look at your own life, did you learn from those experiences as we're going along? Faisal, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, your knowledge, we've talked about this before, your passion, your understanding of, of what people need, um, and, and your concerns for the community as well that you've just been talking about, it's clearly visible. So you're coming back on the show again. Fingers crossed. Is that going to happen? Absolutely. Very, very, very much. So thank you so much, Brock, for your time. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks again. That was Faisal Suziwala, Canada's top real estate broker, recently published author of The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker. Uh, luckily for us, someone willing to share his thoughts, uh, not just on paper, but also on the airwaves for us. A uh, big thank you to our technical producer today. Thank you to you listeners as well for joining us. You've been listening to Ask the Experts here on City News 570.